God be in my head and in my understanding. God be in my heart and in my thinking. God be in my mouth and in my speaking. Please be seated. Why do you stare at us as though by our own power or piety we had made him walk? I'm very pleased to have the opportunity to speak to you on this special day when Cameron Matthew is to join our family through the sacrament of his baptism. As you know, my weekday job is a bit different from this sermon thing. And as a result, I was a bit nervous because I knew we'd have guests. But nonetheless, as I was thinking about preaching in front of guests, I felt I had the requisite background. I spent several years in college specializing in Christian themes in medieval and Renaissance literature. I had the requisite education. I've got a wall in my office covered with diplomas and certificates. I had the requisite experience. I teach for a living. So I felt pretty good, maybe even smug about the whole thing. This is the point where I usually get cut down to size. It didn't take long. Within a few days I picked up the paper and I read the headline, 11-year-old boy in Florida is a man of God on Sunday. The kid is a fifth grader. He preaches almost every Sunday in a non-denominational church in a storefront in Fort Lauderdale. He's traveled as far as Pennsylvania to give sermons. It gets worse. He preached his first sermon at age six in his grandmother's bathroom. It's like he just popped out preaching. Oh, and did I mention he heals the sick, too? <laughs> After I'd finished tearing the article into teeny tiny pieces, I paused for a little reflection. <clears throat> Maybe I'm not the author of my own success. Maybe I don't have quite the correct understanding of what talent is all about. Maybe it isn't about what I do for myself, or by myself. In our first reading today, the Apostle Peter faces a similar question about who's the focus. For a little background, the story is about the time right after Pentecost, in the very early days of the church. Before the reading for today starts, Peter and John had been on their way into the temple when they came across a man who had been lame since birth. Peter reached out his hand, lifted the man to his feet, and told him in the name of Jesus of Nazareth to walk. The man's legs were straightened, and he jumped up and leapt into the temple praising God. This attracted a little attention. People rushed up from all directions. They all looked at Peter, to see who had done this amazing thing. Peter needed to explain. He didn't mince words. Now I love Peter. Something's always happening around Peter. 
He's so unlike the other major founder of our church, St. Paul. I respect Paul. He's really cerebral, a, a deep thinker. He wrote a lot of great stuff, but I still can't understand half of what he wrote. Peter is the man who tells it like he is, like it is, right or wrong. Never let his brain get in the way of his mouth. He's the guy who rebukes Jesus for foretelling the passion. He won't let Jesus wash his feet. He's a bit of an embarrassment to his friends. He jumps out of the boat nearly naked to go see Jesus. But Peter is also the first man to proclaim to Jesus, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Parenthetically, you'll notice that I said the first man, not the first person. Elizabeth had him beat by about 33 and a half years. So to get back to Peter and Paul, if faced with this situation, Paul would probably say something like this, and I've, I've read this over about 30 times, and I'll still stumble on it because it's so complicated. This is due to him by, who by the power at work within us is able to accomplish abundantly far more than all we can ask or imagine to him be the glory in the church and in Jesus Christ to all generations forever and ever. Okay. But Peter, with all these people around him, amazed at this miracle, Peter, lovable, flawed, direct, Peter says, Hey, you looking at me? He is a little more refined than that. He actually says, You Israelites, why do you wonder at this? Or why do you stare at us? As though by our own power or piety we had made him walk. The God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, the God of our ancestors has glorified his servant, Jesus. And by faith in his name, his name itself, has made this man strong. Peter proclaims, it's not me who did it. It's God acting through me. It's not because of my ability. It's not because I'm a good person. It happened to this man at this time because I'm willing to listen to what God tells me to do. Peter claims that he wasn't any more holy it's just that he was a better listener. So what can we take away from Peter's response? We get some clues from the other readings and prayers for today. Some relatively bright people put them all together. In the collect, the prayer that opened this service, Julie prayed that God would open the eyes of our faith, that we may behold Jesus in all his redeeming work. Today's Gospel contains Luke's report of Jesus' first post-resurrection appearance to his disciples. Near the end of the account, Luke tells us that then he opened their minds to understand the Scriptures. I begin to sense a pattern here. Maybe part of responding to God is to be open to what God might be calling us to do. Maybe we need to open our minds, open our eyes, open our ears.
God is calling all of us, regardless of whether we're ready or willing to listen. He calls us even if life's cares make us too busy to listen. In the words of an old hymn, Jesus calls us for the tumult of our life's wild, restless sea. Day by day, his clear voice soundeth. Maybe some people are just more ready to listen. In the words of Terry Durham, the young minister I mentioned earlier, I don't plan to say those things, but when God gives them to me, I say them right away to be obedient. Sounds like an 11-year-old. And God is calling each one of us, regardless of our perception or anyone else's perception, of whether we should be called, whether we're good enough to be called, whether we're ready to be called. The young preacher explains, God said, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. But he didn't say how old you had to be or anything like that. We believe that in a few minutes, we will ask God to pour out his spirit on Cameron, even at his young age. In today's epistle, John tells us, see what love the Father has given us, that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. He didn't say how old you had to be or anything like that. Perhaps inconveniently, God also calls us without regard to our own views of our talents or our training or our strengths. Peter was a fisherman, for goodness sake. Hadn't gone to medical school or anything. Yet he healed the lame and opened the eyes of the blind. Probably couldn't read. Yet Jesus turned to him and said, Peter, feed my sheep. When I think back on it, I did go to medical school. I can also read. When I started my pediatric training, I certainly never expected to end up up here trying to interpret the Word of God. Maybe it's time I stop to think how closely the Spirit has led me. The uncomfortable truth is that God may choose to elevate in us a gift that we didn't think we had or that others didn't think we had. The Episcopal Church is famous for this. Who would have thought Mrs. Smith changing the left altar candle? What a scandal! Why, everyone knows Mrs. Jones changes the left altar candle. <laughs> She's done so since Noah stepped off the ark. Maybe we should learn a lesson from the traditionally black, non-denominational churches like the one in which Terry Durham preaches. The chairwoman of the religion department at Florida International University explains that in churches like Terry's, it's God who chooses the minister, and the Holy Spirit gives charismatic gifts. After that, the community recognizes that gift and confirms the person 
in a ministerial role. Is God calling you to do something, to be something that you think is outside your comfort zone? That others think is outside your box? So I hope that in the end we can glean one thing from today's lessons. Listen, listen, listen. Jesus calls each of us, regardless of age, regardless of piety, regardless of power, calls even this young child in unique ways to unique paths. All we have to do is listen, be willing. Donna Morgan, the pastor at a church where Terry has preached, tells us that people listen to Terry and say, my God, look at what the Lord can do when we are willing to be used by God to speak his message. Amen.